Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ of St. Paul, located in Matamidi, Minnesota. We are a suburban congregation united in Christ and grounded in the values of diversity, solidarity, and witness. You can learn more about us by going to fccstpaul.org. Here is this week's sermon. A reading from Zephaniah chapter 3, verses 14 through 20. Now let us attend to God's wisdom for us today. O daughter of Zion, shout, O Israel, rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has turned away your enemies. The king of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall fear disaster no more. On that day, it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who gives you victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing as on the day of festival. He will remove disaster from you so that you will not bear reproach for it. I will deal with all your oppressors. I will deal with all your oppressors at that time. And I will save the lame and gather the outcast. And I will change their shame into praise and the renown in all the earth. At that time, I will bring you home. At that time, when I gather you, for I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. This ends this reading of this holy word. May it be good news to us. Last week, as we sat downstairs and listened to Josh Patty. I came away from that experience with a sense of hope. It has been my experience in the multiple denominations that I have been a part of and had the joy to serve in 
when we as a people understand the relationships that the local community has toward the wider um, denomination, when that relationship is well-defined, there is a healthy relationship. And when it isn't, then that's when we tend to have the problems we find ourselves with. And we don't live into the fullness of the gospel. Understanding that is also understanding the relationship and having a healthy relationship is about clearly defining what we can and what they can and what they can't and what we can't do. Understanding that is critical to understand that both parties bring something to the table. And when I listened to how he talked, I got a clear sense that we have that with him. Second point that I came away with a sense of hope is his concept of that the people matter. This has been also been my experience. I can put any polity in front of anyone or any policies or any projects or any hopes or dreams for how we should work, but if the people themselves can't work together, it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, it's about relationship. It's about how do we honestly live into a hope not bound by any external value, but is always a part of the internal nature of our faith. The uncomfortable truth is that we're in a time of Advent. And often in this season, we want to feel, oh, it's almost Christmas time. The snow is out. You know, the stores are with their um, mark, you know, are, are with their Christmas stuff, and everyone's getting in the mood. And yet, Advent is a time of preparation. For me, it's like welcoming a newborn child. You never really know what you're getting into. And so there is a feeling of fear, of uncertainty. And that's what speaks to me in this moment in time as we move into what will be the church in the new year. We're not really sure yet what that will look like, but we are aware that our world will change before our eyes. This scripture lesson and the experience I had with my mom helps me to understand and helps me to explore how the evil one separates us from God by focusing on doing stuff. It is our family tradition now that every 
other month, we go to either I or my wife go with my mom to the um, hospital for her pain management treatment. And as we come back, we normally end up at Perkins for lunch. And this past few, two weeks ago, I found myself at the table with mom discussing all the options on the table for the church and what had benefits and what had costs, what had challenges and what, what had hope. After we finished our lunch, we went back to the car. And I remember getting in the driver's seat and driving out. I said to her, the moment that I feel most cynical is not that we have no options, but I feel like we have too many options. And that in that this indecisiveness takes over trying to find the right option. And therefore, we don't do anything. As I look at Zachariah's lesson, verse 17 speaks to me. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exalt you over you with loud singing. What would it be like to encounter God rejoicing in our lives? You see, here's the crux of the matter. The evil one separates us from God by seducing us not to focusing on where God's presence is, but in that kind of getting the right answer. The evil one can deceive us in thinking that we have to get the perfect answer. And in doing that, we fall away from where God is in our lives. The more I live with my faith, the more I live as a member of the community, the more I come away realizing it's not getting the perfect answer. It's not about the right solution. And actually, I would submit to you, when you look at the totality of the history of the church, often we do the worst damage when we want to claim we were doing the right thing. It is about responding to God's presence with us. This past week, we commemorated the life of Bob Dole. And I'm sure all of you know the story of his life, how he served in the Second World War, was grievously wounded, 
and spent much of his time recuperating. Chris Van Cleve, in remembering Bob Dole, said that a doctor once came to him in the midst of his depression to now a disability, and he said to him, to Bob Dole, you need to focus on what you have as opposed to what you have lost. You need to focus on what you have as opposed to what you have lost. I'm always reluctant to try to summarize one life, and especially a life of service, as long as it's distinguished as Bob Dole's was. But for me, that is the marrow of what happened in his life. He was able to understand what true loss was like who the true enemy was. And so when he went as a part of his political dealings, he understood that the other person on the other side was not the enemy. And he could make the hard compromises. And he could move us ahead, not in the perfectness of an ideal, but in the reality of what we have to offer. That feeling about counting our blessings as opposed to counting our losses is is crucial is is critical to the christian faith and spirituality i would submit to you that is what understanding where god's presence is all about and so in this advent season I solemnly commit to you a discipline to seek God's presence, God's joy in our lives by asking three very simple questions. Where is God's presence? What do I come believing growing out of that experience? And how do I live that belief? in my life. So in conclusion, out of this scripture passage, I come to see in my experiences with my mom, a, a solemn commitment to seeking God's presence with us. In eulogizing Bob Dole, Robin Dole, his daughter, talked about his life of service. It's something I've heard in multiple places, but Bob committed to trying to help one person every day of his life. 
And she said that sometimes that would be a hard task for him, and he would feel like he had given up. And then she would say, but some days, Dad, you, you only, maybe you do one person, but then the next day you save, you help 40,000. You know, it's hard for me to hear that. Here is a man who supported and drafted the ADA as a person who lives with a person with a disability. My life is impossible without that legislation. To know that there are many children out there who can get food when they go to school due to what he had done. And yet, in some ways, I would submit to you he's in the party of the opposition, for at least for me. But to know my joy and my hope rest in his action and his help speaks to a lot about what our political system can aim to be and how we can aim to help others who will never know us. Often in this consumeristic culture, we talk about helping people by either giving money, products, or services, and that's laudable, and I don't want to take that away from people. I think that's a part of caring for others. But I also want us to understand and to live into a notion that the most precious gift we can give another is helping them to create meaning in their life. And ultimately, the way we do it is by asking those very simple questions. Where is God's presence? How do I come to believe what I believe God through that experience, and how do I live into that? And I hope and I pray that we can do that in this new season that we are upon us. In our Christian faith, we believe that we are blessed to be a blessing. And I think when we help people understand the meaning in their lives, we help them. And I pray and I earnestly commission you today to help another by helping them create meaning by asking those three questions. How do we experience our beliefs? How do we come to understand God in the midst of that experience, and how do we live out of it? May it be so for us. Amen, amen, amen. We hope today's sermon podcast was nourishment to your soul. If you'd like to know more about First Christian Church of St. Paul, please visit our website, 
at fccstpaul.org. That's fccstpaul.org. May God be with you in the coming week.